Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together tonight. And as we look to it, we invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and to be our guide, to enlighten us, to instruct us, and also to enlarge us within so that we can receive, dear Father God, revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Father, we thank you for the unction of your Spirit to cause our ears to hear, our hearts to know, and minds to be open and receptive to that which you would say by your Spirit through your Word. Father, thank you for changing every life in this place, quickening us according unto your word and changing us from glory to glory. And as we leave this place, Father, may indeed each one of us experience a greater presence of your glory within our lives. And for all this, Father, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 22 1 Samuel chapter 22, David therefore, verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And every one that was in distress, and every one that was in debt, and every one that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Let's stop right there just for a moment. And what I want to do is talk to you tonight about the fact that your faith can make the difference. Your faith can make the difference in your own life. Your faith can change your world. Your faith can do things for you in this life that you have yet to imagine. Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth, no matter who you are. He has shared with us that we have great potential on the inside of us. Now, here you'll find out and discover that David, if you'll study his life, was a tremendous man of faith. He believed in the God that he served. By faith, he killed a lion. By faith, he killed a bear. And by faith, he stood before Goliath fearlessly and declared that the God that he served was much bigger than the giant. And it didn't matter what he was facing or what he encountered. He knew that his God was big enough to put him over. In other words, he arrived at a place of faith that enabled him to stand against Life's difficulties fearlessly in the strength of God. And he knew that no matter what he encountered, he would be victorious over because of his faith in God. He declared, I am a man who has a covenant with God. To the giant, he said, you're an uncircumcised Philistine. That means you have no covenant with God. You have no rights, no privileges. No matter who you are, no matter how big you are, the God that I serve is much bigger than you. And He will act on my part. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will put me over. And I'll feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. It's exactly what He told him, and He did. And He killed the lion, or the, the lion, the bear, and Goliath with words. With His faith in God. His faith made a difference. Didn't it? Amen. Well, these men that were there before David were full of distress. They were in debt. They were discontented. They weren't the cream of the crop, were they? No, they were in distress. They were in debt. They were discontented. One fellow was so in debt... 
What he used to do when he paid his bills, he would just take all his bills and put them out on the kitchen table. He would shuffle them around for a while and pick out three. And those three got paid that month. One day he got a letter from a bill collector. And it was a nasty letter. You know how they can write some nasty letters. And they wrote him a nasty letter. He wrote one back and he said, look, if you write me a letter like that again, you won't even get in the shuffle. That's in debt. In other words, he had a sorry bunch of guys here that he had to work with. They were troubled, in despair, discontent. I mean, these people were not the cream of the crop. They had problems. But you know what David did? He was made captain over these 400 men. And what David did... He made them one of the greatest armies on earth. He did. And they did dynamic things. They were fearless. They overcame their problems. Now, how do you take 400 men that are in debt, discontented and full of distress, and make them an army of valor? How do you do that? These were David's mighty men of valor. Well, the way to do it is the way David did it. You put some good things into them. See, David put some good things in these people's lives. As a leader, as a captain, what he did was he built them up. He edified them. He gave them a revelation of his God, the God that he served. His influence over their lives enabled them to rise up to a place of great faith in God. They believed in their leader and they believed in their God. And together they did mighty things. See, David knew the secret. You don't condemn people. You don't put people down. You don't magnify the problem or the situation You don't point out the weaknesses. What you do is you put something good inside people and you edify them or you build them up. You take them to places that they've never been before. And if you get them focused in the right direction, all the other things seem to find their way out from their lives. No longer were they in distress. No longer were they in debt. No longer were they discontented. They found the joy of the Lord, and that became their strength. They found out that God wanted to prosper them and care for them. That He would be to them all that they needed Him to be. And so, you see, they got trained, so to speak, by David. And David instilled within them those things that were in him. Now, he wasn't the only one who practiced this. I heard of a fellow, his name, you might know him, Jesus. And Jesus started with a few fishermen. He even went to the, ta- to the IRS and pulled out a tax collector. Imagine that. Back then, a tax collector was a crook. You know that as well as I do. But he got these fishermen and he got this tax, this tax collector and he put these men together. Jesus, you know as well as I do, was a man of faith. Jesus was a tremendous leader. Jesus didn't overcome a Goliath. He overcame the devil, the world, and the flesh. Death, hell, and the grave. Did he not? Absolutely. And what he did was, he decided to put some good things into these fishermen, a tax collector, and edify them or build them up with his words. In the process of doing this, he raised up a group of people, actually leaders after his departure, 
that turned the world, the Bible says, upside down. Think about that for a moment. He put faith into them. He told them all things are possible to him that believeth. He told them all things are possible with God. He told them, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, the things you see me do, you shall do also, and greater than these shall you do. For the mighty Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And when he does, he will empower you. He will equip you. He will enable you. He would fill you with my divine life and nature and substance. My very being will be alive on the inside of you. And through you, Jehovah God will live in the person of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what, he put some good things into those men. When he got a hold of the Apostle Paul, who was on the wrong road, put him on the right road, he put some good things into him. And in the process, once again, the Bible says, those men that turned the world upside down, they've come here. You see, their faith made a difference. Their faith enabled them to overcome their world. Their faith enabled them to shape their generation. Their faith in God enabled them to succeed and be victorious in life's fights. And no matter what stood against them, they arose victoriously. It doesn't stop there. Jesus, look at Matthew's Gospel, if you would please, in chapter 16. Jesus, before His departure, His departure from this life, before His ascension and seating at the right hand of the Father in glory, He said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Beloved, Jesus left behind a message to all believers. He said, I am going to build my church. Not a church that is defeated. Not a church that is weak. Not a church that is beggarly. Not a church that is overcome. Not a church that is in despair, distress, discontented. I am going to build a church that the very gates of hell shall not prevail against. I am going to raise up a people on earth that will set new standards a new breed of people, a new army of God on the earth that the gates of hell will not penetrate, will not overcome. They will be equipped with power and ability over all the power of the enemy. They will be the new breed, the new species of being upon the earth that are alive with my spirit. That's what he said. Beloved, what kind of church ought we to be? What kind of army of God ought we to be in the earth today? If David could take those men and turn them into a great army by putting good things into them, if Jesus could take those men, his disciples, and turn them into a great army so that they could turn the world upside down. What kind of army should we be? What kind of church should the church of today be? I believe with every part of my being we should be an overcoming church. One that shakes its generation for Jesus. One that turns the world upside down for Jesus. One that is empowered to break 
the bonds of religious darkness over the minds of people. One that goes about with the light of God's Word and sets the captives free. One that continues the works of our Lord in such a dynamic way that it shakes the very foundation of religious doctrine and traditions of men. Beloved, I believe that's the kind of church that God has instructed us to be. Jesus gave us the same armor. He equipped us with the same weapons. He left us with the same instructions. He has given us our plan and strategies. He has directed us, and that is go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. He has encouraged us by telling us that no weapon formed against you will prosper because you have power over all the power of the enemy. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you until the end of the age. He has said, I give you weapons so powerful that at the mention of my name, you will cast out devils and demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. If you drink any deadly thing, it will have no harmful effect upon you. And when you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. Beloved, our faith can make a difference. Our faith can change our world. Our faith can shake the foundation of religious tradition. Our faith can dispel the darkness that is in the world, overcome distress and discontent, and get people out of debt. Heal physical bodies. Deliver people in their minds. Save a soul from eternal damnation. Our faith can make the difference in this generation. We can take our land for Jesus. We can take our communities for Jesus. But you see, it's our faith that makes the difference. You can think big or you can think small. See, it's all up to the individual. And beloved, I'll tell you what. I firmly believe this. I with Everything that is within me, believe this. Our leaders of today must demonstrate the same example that David and Jesus both did. Our leaders of today have got to, by their precept and example, lead God's people, God's army, into this place of overcoming faith. I believe it is the duty and responsibility of every Christian leader to put good things into the people of God. I believe our ears were made to hear the accurate preaching and teaching of the Word of God. I believe that God has so designed us that when the Word of God is spoken... In its proper light, empowered by the Spirit of God, faith rises within the human heart. I believe that same faith has its release or expression through word form in such a dynamic way that the word that is spoken by the child of God who believes in his heart that the word of God is true. That those words that he speaks will change his world. Will shake the foundation of religious tradition. Will be responsible for pulling people out of darkness, bringing them into the light. Will dispel the darkness, heal sick bodies, deliver minds that are bound and oppressed, and bring victory and freedom into the lives of God's people. Our leaders are not placed in their positions to beat the sheep. They are not there to deceive the sheep. They are not there to shear the sheep. They are not there to condemn the sheep. They are not there to bleed the sheep. They are there to feed the sheep. And to feed the sheep the good Word of God. To feed them with good things that will cause them to grow, mature, and develop 
in their faith lives. Beloved, I believe that one thing that will never change is the fact that the just are going to live by faith. We need to have faith in all that God has spoken. We need to believe everything as God has spoken it from His Word to our hearts. We need to believe in the saving of the lost. We need to believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire. We need to believe in the deliverance of the human soul from the power of darkness and satanic oppression. We need to believe that God's Word provides healing for the physical body, strength for the weak, direction for the confused, power to overcome any addiction or any kind of bondage that any person can face in life. It gives us abilities and powers over Satan, over death, hell, and the grave itself. We need to believe in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and not be ashamed of what we have and not be ashamed of who we are. We need to recognize that we've been empowered with the power of the living God that is so powerful, beloved, that it can change the world in which we live. And it can shake the foundation of whatever comes against us. It can pull down religious strongholds. It can break the powers of demons over people's lives. Beloved, we are living in a time of great revival right now. In a time when God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh in dynamic ways. And it's a time when the faith of God's people should be at its highest peak. A time when we believe that our captain, our leader, who said all things are possible to him that believeth meant business. I believe every leader today is called upon by God to present truth in a powerful way. Because, beloved, the Word of God says it's only by our faith will we overcome this world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. No matter who you are. If you're an individual, if you're a family unit, if you are a church body, I want you to know something. Your victory lies in your faith. Your faith can make the difference. Your faith can bring the change. Your faith can empower you to overcome Your faith can change the course of your life. It can break the curse of Satan over your child's life or someone else's life. Your faith can make a difference in this world. Your faith will enable you to succeed even while others fail. Boy, I mean that. That's the difference between success and failure. And I mean that. Faith is all the dif- makes all the difference in the world. And you know, beloved, knowing that faith is so powerful, knowing that our faith can make such a difference, you know as well as I do that there are going to be some enemies to faith that try to prevent our success. There are going to be forces that are out there trying to get us out of the realm of faith to stop us from living the life of faith. Why? Because it's our faith that overcomes the world. It's our faith that will enable us to pull down the strongholds of Satan. It's our faith that will unleash the power of the living God over a life, over a family, over a work, over a ministry. It's our faith. And it's powerful working in this earth that is going to enable the church to be what Jesus said it should be. An army gathered together that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Beloved, I believe we are headed in that direction. I believe the church is headed in that direction. And I believe that we are a part of that. I believe that you are a part of that. See, you may think that your place is very small in God's scheme of things. But I want you to know something. It is not very small. I want you to know that we have a course, that God has a plan for our lives. I want you to know that it's bigger than what we have ever imagined ourselves. And I want you to know that the work that you do 
for Jesus in this earth is bigger than what you imagine yourself. You may think that what you do is not that big. It's not a big deal as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. But I want you to know something. It's a whole lot bigger than what you think. Only when you get on the other side in glory will you fully discover, appreciate, and understand just how much you meant to the kingdom of God and body of Christ upon this earth. Your place is very special. And God wants you to know some things. He wants you to know that you are fully equipped to handle whatever it is you need to do for God. He wants you to know that you have the potential to rise up in a place of faith that will enable you to not only... Fight your good fight along the way, but finish your course and experience the crown of righteousness that God has stored up for you. God, your heavenly Father, has a plan He wants you to fulfill. And your faith is going to make the difference. Your faith is going to enable you to fulfill that plan. And beloved, there is no substitute for your faith. Listen carefully. Your adversary is coming against you to prevent your success. And I want you to know something. You are told to resist him with your faith. With whose faith? Whose faith? Whose faith? With your faith. You have faith in God. And your faith is sufficient to stand against your opposition. I want you to read a statement by the Apostle Paul that I've, I meditated on today and it was very striking to my heart. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, here's something that Paul said. The time of his departure was at hand. He was getting ready and preparing himself and others to leave this realm of life and to go home to glory, to be with Jesus. He makes this statement in verse 6, 2 Timothy 4. For I am now ready to be offered... And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Stop right there. If you know anything about other things that Paul said, you know he meant the good fight of faith. Because in 1 Timothy 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. He fought in the army of God. He took his place as a good soldier. He fought the good fight of faith. The reason why he was equipped... The reason why he was enabled, the reason why he was prepared to stand against all opposition was because Jesus, his captain, put some good things into him. He told him who he was in Christ. He told him what he had in Christ. He told him about his inheritance. He told him about sonship. He told him about heirship. He told him about the powerful name of Jesus. He anointed him. He equipped him. He empowered him. And he set him out as a good soldier to fulfill the work of God in his life. He set him on the right course. He placed him on the right path. And he gave him more light as each day went by. So Paul said, look, I have fought a good fight. Beloved, you and I have been called upon by God to fight. We've been called upon by God to fight a good fight. And that good fight is a good fight of faith. Every single one of us is called to fight a good fight of faith. Fight your fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Where until you've been called and profess a good profession before many witnesses. In other words, we've been called upon to stand against our senses, to stand against physical evidences, to stand against the strength of human minds, human reasoning, religious traditions, and whatever else is out there. Sickness, disease, addictions, Whatever, the pleasures of sin and all that, we've been called upon by God to fight this good fight. Once you become God's child, you're going to find yourself in a dog fight. Because the devil, the world, and the flesh, none of them want you to grow in God and to fulfill the plan of God. And so all those forces will begin its fight against you. The flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Why? To prevent your success, your development, your growth in faith. Because the stronger you grow in faith, the more effective you are in destroying the powers of darkness. And you're also going to be able to fulfill the will of God for your life. It requires faith to fulfill the will of God for our lives. And that faith comes from the author of our faith, Jesus. And what He authorizes for us to do, He equips us to do. 
And He'll perfect us along the way. He told Paul, there are certain things that I need for you to do. His fight of faith began where? On the road to Damascus. You recall the story. Having papers to throw people into prison. But Jesus appeared to him along the way and said, Paul, you're on the wrong course. You've got to get over on the right course. That's not the course I have for your life. I've got another course for your life. I want you to get on this course. And that course ended in Rome where he was beheaded. Under the regime of Nero, the emperor. When all the Christians were there persecuted and martyred. But on that day that he began his journey, I want you to know something. He began his fight of faith. And he stood tall. He was facing opposition every single day of his life. Everywhere he went, Satan stirred up people against him. Religious leaders stirred up and their hearts and minds challenged him. Yes, there was going to be a fight, but it was not with people. It was with the demon forces and the powers behind people. And he could say, I fought my good fight. Oh, I fought. I wasn't going to let go. I held on to the promise of God with my spiritual hand. I took a firm hold of it. I fully partook of everything that Jesus provided for me. And along the way, in the midst of all the opposition, in the midst of, of all the criticism, in the midst of all the turmoil, in the midst of all the persecution I encountered in my physical body, being beaten and all that. He said, I fought the good fight. You know what that means? I was tempted. Oh, yes, I was tempted to say this is not worth it. I was tempted to say, why should I get beat like this? Why should I starve myself like this? Why should I be cast out into the sea like this? Why should I encounter all this abuse like this? Oh, I was tempted, but I fought. I fought the good fight of faith. I said, no, I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to go from place to place in Him, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from challenge to challenge, from success to success. I refuse to give in. He was so strong in faith when they stoned Him and left Him for dead. He arose, praise God. And I believe His faith had something to do with that. I'm sure his, his eyes were focused on Rome. I've got to go to Rome. I've got to go before the governors. I've got to go before princes. I've got to go before kings. I've got to fulfill the will of God. So he fought his good fight. See, beloved, faith does not mean flowery beds of ease. It does not mean that you're just going to float through life. It means challenges. It means opposition. It doesn't mean everything is quick. Get rich quick scheme. A magic lamp an Aladdin, or whatever, a magical wand. It doesn't mean all that. It means, dare you step out of the boat of reason. Dare you step out on the waters of life. Get out there and take a hold of everything that belongs to you and hold fast to your confession of faith. Don't let go. Don't cave in. Don't give up. Under beatings, fastings, persecutions, and even facing martyrdom, Paul the Apostle said, I fought a good fight. You and I have been called to fight a good fight. We've not been called to give up, to lay down and say, this doesn't work. We've been called to fight. And I'm here to tell you something tonight. You can do it. You've got the goods. You have the equipping. You have the Word of God. You have the revelation. You have the tenacity. You have instilled within you the very righteousness of the living God. You can fight your fight. What is it that you're encountering? What is it that you are facing? What is it that's opposing you? I want you to know that you have the equipment on the inside of you to withstand whatever comes against you in this life. For whatever it is, the Bible says God will make a way of escape. And He has made a way of escape for you. He went on to say, I have finished my course. Everybody say, my course. You know, God has a course for you. God has something exclusively for you to do on this earth. And you know what, beloved? I'll be frank about it. Don't get to a place where you think it's got to be something so big. Don't get to where you think you've got to be in the limelight. You've got to be in the front. 
in the frontline battle. You know, some people think, and it just amazed me how they used to think, I'm going to have this worldwide dynamic ministry. I'm going to be, you know, this, this tremendous person who reaches the world and, and all that. And, you know, they're just starting Bible school. And they thought it's going to be fame and fortune and success and the limelight and people seeing you. Boy, they had a quick, quick run in with reality. When they were called back home to go and clean the bathrooms out and things like that. And they thought and wondered, well, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? God has a plan. God has a course. God has a purpose. And whatever that is, that course, that's where you want to be. And I want you to know that once you are placed on that course by God, no matter what it is, you are going to be challenged. You are going to encounter all kinds of opposition. If God wants you to serve Him in this capacity, whatever it may be, you are going to be challenged. Why? Because as long as you stay on that course, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. As long as you're out there doing what you know God wants you to do, you are pleasing God and displeasing Satan, and he can't stand that. He does not want you to get to a place where God can use you to be more effective against his kingdom and against his work on this earth. He's going to bring all kinds of things into your mind. He is going to hit you with everything you can possibly imagine. You're on the right course right now, but he's going to try to get you off that course. I remember when I first got on the right course with God, I got born again, spirit-filled. I had all kinds of people telling me that that experience was of the devil. I had them telling me all kinds of things, religious people telling me that I was crazy for what I was doing, where I was going, going to Bible school or whatever it was, whatever I was doing. I had all these voices coming. Have you ever been there before? All these voices. You've got well-meaning people. You've got friends. You've got family members. And they're all out there, and they're saying all these crazy things. And, of course, it's in the name of concern. They're concerned about you. They love you, and they care about you. And they do not know that they are being used, you know, by the enemy to get you off your course. Paul had his course. I don't have to go to Rome, praise God, and along the way uh, have all the persecution that he suffered. You don't have to do what Peter did or what John did or anybody else. Jesus established that when Peter said, but what about John? What's John going to do? What did Jesus say? Peter, just forget about John. You just do what I want you to do. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. You do what I want you to, be, to do, Peter. And if all that means is he wants you to, to, to be in a local church where you are an encourager to somebody, you know what? Do it and do it with joy. Because in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, we are told that we have a great company of witnesses that are up there on the other side looking down the, the banisters of heaven. And we're down here running our race. They are watching us as we are running our race, which we are to run with patience. And we are to run with joy while we're here upon this earth until we finish our course. We're in this for the duration. We have got a course that has to be finished, whatever it is. God has a plan for us right here. And you know what? We have got to take, should Jesus tarry, we have got to take this place right here to the place that God wants it to be before we leave. I mean that. God wants to reach the entire world with the gospel. He wants to reach as many people as he possibly can. And he will enlist people into his army and give them direction to, to successfully direct those people so that that plan of his can be fulfilled. And you may not realize this, but you're a part of that plan. A tremendous part of that plan. Yeah, you're going to be opposed. You're going to be facing and encountering all kinds of difficulties. But you know what? You can finish your course. I said you can finish your course. You can complete your course if you will do exactly what he told you to do. Be like the Apostle Paul. Be like the one who is the example to us. Like Jesus. When Jesus faced opposition, he said, just get behind me. I'm going in one direction, in one direction only. Paul, the same thing. It didn't matter what he encountered. He says, I'm going all the way to Rome. And if it means I'm dying in Rome, I will die in Rome for my Savior. Part of it is lo not loving your life unto death. Amen? Total surrender to God. If you're out there on the boat and your boat is scraping the bottom, it's hard to get downstream. In other words, you've got to, as the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 
Get rid of those things that would hold you down and keep you down and weigh you down, the sins and the weights that so easily beset us. He said, get rid of all that stuff. It's time to focus on what Jesus wants us to do and get headstrong in following it, knowing that we have to finish our course. As an individual, if you're out there and you are a, a husband and a father, you're on a course that God has for your life, and there are certain things that have to be finished that need to be completed before you leave. You've got duties and responsibilities. The same thing is true with, with wives. You've got certain duties and responsibilities, certain things that God wants to do through you. And you know what? Those things will be achieved through your life. You know why? Because He's on your side. He says, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. On that course, He says, I will be there with you. He is right there to put you over to make you a success. You can rear up your children in the way they should go. You can speak to them the Word of God. You can show them by precept and example uh, the love of God, the faith of God, the power of God. You can lead them to a place where they will serve God with their lives. You can be that example to them. And you know what? He'll be right by your side to help you along the way. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe He'll give you the direction that you need and show you what is necessary to make you a success in that area of your life? No matter what your call is, no matter where you're at right now, God has a specific course for you. And if you're on that course right now, your faith is going to see you through until you say with Paul, I have finished my course. There is something to be finished, to be completed. And God doesn't want you to leave this realm of life without completing it, without finishing it. And it will take faith. It'll take your faith. Your faith will make the difference. I'm telling you, your faith is going to make the difference between success and failure. And you've got the goods inside you. You've got the Word of God inside you. You've got the life of God inside you. God has put some good things on the inside of you. He's placed righteousness inside your innermost being. He has given you of His life and nature. He has imparted His character to you. You've got His love and joy and peace and patience. And it takes all those things to finish one's course. Paul said, I've done that. And then he goes on to say in that same text, I have also kept the faith. You know, we've been called upon by God to keep the faith, to embrace it and to live it and to preserve it within our hearts. You realize how important that statement is? Paul said, I did three things. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. We're told to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Beloved, that's talking about faith in God's saving grace, faith in the blood of the Lamb that was shed for our redemption. That's talking about faith in the power of the living God. You realize that there is, we're in a dogfight for that power right now in the earth? There's a form of godliness out there in the world today that wants to deny the power of the living God. But you and I have been called upon by God to keep the faith. We've been called upon to break free from the religious traditions of men and rise up in the power of God and take our place, get on our course, take our stand, and use our faith. All things are possible to the believing one. All things are possible with God. And the two of you, the believer and God, are on the same course together. See, sometimes I think people thought, yeah, this is my race, I'm running it alone. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not running it alone. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm there with you. I'm right by your side. You are equipped to handle life's fights. You are equipped to finish your course. You are equipped to keep the faith. Every single one of us in this place is equipped by God to do these things. And beloved, I believe as we continue along the right course that he has for our lives, we will say with Paul, we have kept the faith. You see, you're going to be tempted, as we all are, to get your focus off of your faith and on your works. You realize that? You know where a lot of people fail in Christianity? Right there. Well, I've been a Christian now for 10 years, and now I'm in the works mode. Yes, I'm going to church. I'm doing this thing. I'm whatever. I'm doing all those out of obligation. But you know what? 
It's not the works that put us over. It's faith that works by love. The work of God is the work of faith with power. We cannot let go of the faith that we have in the power of God. We cannot begin to think that it's our own strategies and ideas or it's our intellect or our reasoning that puts us over. We have got to know that it's the basics, the fundamental principles of God stepping into the realm of life by faith, believing in the life of God in us by faith, believing we've been empowered by the Holy Ghost by faith, believing that greater is He who is in us than he that is in the world. God wants to take us beyond this natural into a place in Him, in the supernatural, where all things become possible to the believing one. He wants us to rise up above our reasoning and our faculty members that try to hold us back and keep God in a small place in our lives, in a box. And He wants us to just abandon ourselves to Him and to His Word and allow our faith to grow to its full potential. You know, someone said, you want to know how you're going to have revival in America? I can tell you how to have revival in America. What the problem is in America is that the people are too educated. And they've educated their minds at the expense of their hearts. And they said, next time there is a shuttle to the moon, have every born-again, spirit-filled believer place their brains on the shuttle. Send them to the moon. And let them start believing God once again from the heart by faith. Let them start believing once again or have renewed within them the, the, the truths that never change, the timeless truth. What you say with your mouth, believing from your heart, is what you are going to get in this life. If you believe it with your heart and say it with your mouth, you know your mind does go to the moon when you talk like that. God's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. Send your brain to the moon and let your heart believe God. Let your spirit man know God. Let faith rule your life and not your reason and not your intellect. How can a God heal a man through my hands? Don't question it. Don't try to figure it out with your brain. Flood your heart with the life of God. Flood your heart with the Word of God. Find out what the Word of God says. And say, God, you be God through me. God, you live through me. How can I be a match for the devil? You can't by yourself. But you take the mighty name. The mighty name of Jesus. Send your brain to the moon. God's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. Let your heart meditate upon the word of God that says you have power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will defeat you in this life. God has departed inside every single one of us. Deposited inside every single one of us. So much that, beloved, it's hard for us to comprehend. Well, send your brain to the moon. Let your heart agree with God. Only your heart can know God. Only your spirit can really know God. You are an equipped people tonight. You have God's power. You have God's life. You have His nature. You have His character. You have His ability. You have an inheritance. You have the name of Jesus. You have His redemption. I'm telling you, you and I, we are full of God. And by faith, we can change our world. By faith, we can make a difference. By faith, we can overcome in this life. We can fight, we can finish, and we can keep. We can fight the good fight, we can finish our course, and we can keep the faith along the way. If you came in in distress... If you're discontented or if you're in debt, I want you to know something. Look on the inside of you. There is no distress. There is no discontent. Inside of you, there is no debt. The debt's been paid. God has given you freedom. God has liberated you. Beloved, our problem today is a lack of knowledge. God's people perish for lack of knowledge. And right now, He wants us to know 
what we have on the inside of us. And He wants us to put it to work. Say it with me. I believe in my heart. I say with my mouth that the one inside me is greater than anything I face in this life. I can fight my good fight of faith. I can and will finish my course. I will keep the faith. I will not be defeated. The life of God in me is greater than the life of Satan, the power of demons, sickness and disease, financial burdens, distress, discontent, debt, or anything else that can come my way. I'm empowered by God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost have made all things possible to me. I'm not on my course alone. He has never left me, will never forsake me, but He is by my side. And Father, You will fulfill in me the good pleasure of Your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand up together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.